Welcome to the Tech Bytes podcast from Packet Pushers. Today's sponsor is Megaport, which provides global cloud connectivity, data center, interconnect, and internet exchange peering. Our guest is Misha Citrone. He is the Senior Global Director, Cloud Solutions. We're going to talk about the services Megaport offers and how the company can support your remote network needs. Misha, welcome to the podcast. Can you give us a quick description of Megaport and what the company does? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. Great to be a part of this series. So we run a private global network that gives a business full control to deploy on-demand layer two private connections with no contracts. And we do this between different data centers and to major destinations such as public cloud providers across our entire network. So whether you're moving data between sites or you're leveraging hybrid and multi-cloud connectivity, we enable you to be able to have the access to extend your network to access any of these destinations all from our web portal. All so private... So effectively, you've got this network that you've built out. You've got pops all over the world. And if I'm in a mainly a colo facility, I can just instantly configure and be connected to your backbone and then dynamically configure connectivity between data centers or other sites. Exactly. So you're really, your only real lead time is just physically connecting to us in the building. And then from there, you can fan out and spin up VLAN tags and manage those. Right. And given that most of us are in colo facilities these days, quite often you're there and it's just a bang, we're done sort of thing. Yeah, exactly. Can you give us a sense of how many POPs you have and what your geographical footprint's like? Yeah, so today we're enabled in over 600 data centers across 21 countries. So we're fully data center agnostic, and that means network equipment lives close to over 100 unique operators. And that's just giving you access to a variety of colo sites and cloud on-ramps so you can directly connect to. Okay, that's great. So obviously you do a lot of connectivity, but the pandemic we're experiencing now is driving a spike in demand for remote work. Do you uh, have any solution around remote access for VDI or desktop as a service? Yeah, it's it's funny because it's such a super interesting time, you know, just how much of an influx of remote users, you know, that have to keep up with the business running, right? And enterprise IT teams having to figure out how to scale this, provide security, compliance, and then grant and deliver access back to their corporate network. So using Megaport, and the public cloud providers that can spin up desktop as a service in VDI environments, it becomes a big part of the solution. You can actually privately connect to your public cloud VDI environments back into your corporate data center, leveraging Megaport. And that's going to give you that security and that authentication that you require. And you can do that at scale. And we're talking about a matter of hours to days here, not weeks or months, if you can meet us at a common data center. Okay, and that speed is critical because so many companies are sort of struggling to get their remote workforce engaged and updated. Yeah, absolutely. So I guess the interesting part here is, you know, we've seen people scale from hundreds of users on their remote access to 10,000 users in the space of a month or so. You've got this private network. So what you're saying is you can get more bandwidth into their co-location facility, say, from the internet, or you're also in a position to be able to say, what, do private networking between data centers, because now you've got a spike, you might need to um, boost the bandwidth on your DCI type stuff. Yeah, so think about if, if, uh, if an organization has a connectivity to us or they connect to us in a common data center, they then have the hooks to get into all these major public clouds that can provide that scale to build out desktop environments. And so they can actually physically and privately connect from our network into these major public clouds. And so what hmm. we're seeing is they can minimize our contention, how customers access their corporate network. They can actually minimize the contention to their existing VPN. And then they have the scale of the public cloud that can actually turn up all these virtual Windows desktops, for example, okay, and then right, bring them right, back yeah. down into their corporate network through Megaport. Right. So if I'm using one of the public cloud providers to give me a thin client, I still need bandwidth from the public cloud into my data center where my traditional app or my heritage app might well be located. Yep. And that's where we come in. So we're actually 
connecting that. We're, we're interconnecting that on your behalf and doing it on demand with no contracts. So that way, think about the times that we're in, de- depending on how long you need this, which is kind of an interesting time where it's the unknown, mm-hmm. you can scale this and leave this up. So you're not really factoring this from a CapEx standpoint. It's more OPEX. You're, you're doing this and sustaining it as you need to and being more agile. Right. And so the, the other final part about this is just to be clear here is that if I was getting an internet feed from you, I would also be able to scale that up to the line rate of my access link. So if I had a 10, 10 gig link up to the to the Megaport pop, maybe I was only taking one gig today, I could scale it to two, three, four, five as needed. Yeah. So thinking about if you have connectivity to us, you can actually fan out um, from one meg all the way up to 10 gig and you can mm-hmm. do multiple virtual connections over your physical port. So if you physically connect to us at a data center, you can fan out interconnects to all kinds of major destinations. It doesn't matter the public cloud provider, that's up to you based off of your workloads. Right, so it could be internet, it could be direct connect off to a public cloud, it could be into your MPLS, whatever it is. Yeah, so so we predominantly focus on private connectivity, meaning uh, we do have an internet exchange, but it's not so much focused on internet. We don't have transit involvement, meaning you can participate on the IX, but it's, it's, really, it's really for hybrid and multi-cloud yeah. Um, and networking yeah. between your data centers, all private, no internet ISPs are involved. So can you give us a customer example of uh, somebody who's come to you for either VDI or desktop as a service? Yeah, so so one that comes to mind we've supported over the past few weeks, uh, we worked with a publicly traded gaming company. They've got over 10,000 employees and they were looking for the ability to scale Windows virtual desktops and do this for their remote users using Azure Cloud and privately connect their employees back to their corporate apps running on Active Directory for their identity store inside the data center. So one of their asks was, how can I quickly do this? Of course, (laughs) they needed like yesterday. (laughs) And their problem was they didn't have any public IPs. And you got to have those to allow the Azure AD domain services to talk back to their Active Directory on-prem. Because what you're doing is you're going from a public-facing hosted environment over Microsoft peering in Azure Cloud to private IP space with your Active Directory in your corporate network, in your data center. So you got to think about public pairing and then NAT becomes involved. So using a physical megaport, we were able to deploy virtual cross-connects, these are VLAN tags, to Azure Express Route, all private, to set up their peering into their VNet workloads, booting up Windows virtual desktops. And then they deployed a megaport cloud router that's a layer three appliance on top and connected it to their physical megaport, which allocated public IPs on their behalf. And yeah, I did say that. So meaning... For a business that doesn't have a public ASN or public IPs available, they can actually leverage and spin up an MCR, Megaport Cloud Router, and we generate those IPs for you and you can use our ASN. Um, so it's super interesting. And you know we've, we've already done the development and the integration with major cloud providers. So this was automated for the customer in the portal and these IPs are generated for them. So you don't got to go source hardware. You don't need to deal with licensing and managing a box or even a purchase order. You just yeah. get full control to spin up a layer three router that'll support BGP, NAT, um, failover on demand. And that's pretty powerful for this use case. So, you know, these private connections back into the public cloud for Azure help them retain no contention with their customer facing apps while they were serving all this from their data center. So great use case for us. And we were just really happy to help. What, I think the thing I like most about this is that this is um, fixing the gap between I've got a pipe that takes me between two places. And sometimes what I need is a bit of routing there to glue it together. So I get that final bit of connectivity. And sometimes it's a BGP. As you say, you need a private PI routed space to make it work or you need something. So you've actually created this little virtual instance 
um, there's virtual routing instance you, you can deploy from your own console that actually sounds like it just covers up that little, that last mile. So it's actually a useful service instead of a, oh, I've got halfway there. Now I need to do the other half. Well, essentially it really is. It's, it's, it's routing as a service. So, you know, if, if you're a hybrid IT, playing a hybrid IT hat or you're the network engineer and you're figuring out, I got to deal with, you know, um, layer three connectivity, you know, you don't have to source hardware, right? You don't have to deal with licensing mm-hmm. or if it's got a shelf life and EOL on it. And you're not on the hook on terms. So you literally have this appliance you can spin up. And we're privately hosting these virtual instances on our network for you. Um, yeah. And you can use them with or without ports. And with this use case, the customer was able to not have to re-architect anything. And they were able to not only physically connect and deal with VLANs, but then have this layer three appliance that did all the heavy lifting, mm-hmm. managing public IPs. Yeah, because it's only doing a very narrow set of functions. A little bit of BGP, a little bit of IP routing, you know, but the most important part is the integration with your control plane where you deploy it, configure it, and do the things you need to do. You don't really need to go and buy, you know, a brand name router, which has got like 4,000 functions in it, just to do the three things you need to do to terminate this connectivity. Well, yeah, and that's the key here is that being able to go into a portal and spin this up in real time and be able to have full control over it, use it for as little as long as you want. It's pretty mm-hmm. powerful, especially in the current state that we're in. And a lot of businesses that we work with may not have available public IPs. And yeah. because we're orchestrating yeah. that and automating that, it's literally click through from them. So they're not thinking about what's my lead time here. They literally can do this same day within, within minutes. And what about security? Do you offer also offer more security controls? Well, what's interesting is, is that our platform is this ubiquitous layer two environment. So everything on our platform is private. It doesn't touch the public internet. So you absolutely can encrypt on top of this. And depending on what security and authentication that you're using, you, you absolutely can apply that. The great thing about desktops as a service and BDI in general with the public cloud is it still aligns to accessing everything that you need in your corporate network, meaning you still have full control over your cloud environment. So... Um, you know, you can retain user control over your network with your virtual private clouds. We're talking about security groups, network ACLs, routing tables. You still have that in the cloud coming back down. And then when it, as it relates to Active Directory, our identity and access management, you still have that. You can apply multi-factor authentication, conditional access, you name it. That's happening in the public cloud. Then you get to ride our private network back into your corporate network, which is all layer two. So you really do have that full security and that control and can meet that compliance for all these VDI environments. All right. So I'm guessing that uh, most organizations are giving their business continuity plans a very hard look. Are there lessons from the pandemic or takeaways that we should be carrying forward into future planning? You know, well, I, th- I think, you know, this experiment, <laughs> if we can all call it that, right? You know, we're, <laughs> experiment is a good word. <laughs> you know what I mean? A real world experiment, perhaps. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, we're obviously all going through it. I think, I think, well, we'll be stepping back and asking if we're not already doing that. You know, how much of the shift in remote working, planning, virtual conference events to obviously our disaster recovery approach and beyond become a part of our new normal, you know, like how we adjust and, and to what extent we factor as organizations that have either shifted already to digital and we're able to adjust or they're like, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm feeling the ramifications of not evolving fast enough to, to be agile and, and make pivots to deal with all these changes in my, in my work environment. We, we all have to consider this. And for me, some of the key lessons to think about specifically as it relates to working with enterprises and, and helping them solve these problems is, does your business have readily available access to public cloud destinations? I think that's super important. 
this idea that you know clouds have unlimited compute, and I'm thinking very high level here, just factoring on-demand scale in times when you may least expect it, thinking about that and making sure that is either a part of your roadmap, already part of your business continuity, how you can quickly get access to a lot of these public cloud services that you may need in these unforeseen circumstances to shift how your customers get access to you, how your employees can get back into your network and scale that managing VPN capacity, you name it. And then the last thing is, if you're in multiple sites, meaning you have you know, physical points of presence in more than one location, does your business have the ability to shift and move data under short lead times? I think that's super important. So you know, a lot of this revolves around using cutting edge providers that can provide on-demand interconnectivity. And I think that's where we're seeing a, a lot of customers come to us and say, Hey, can you help solve this? And uh, you know, I'll leave you with those two. I think those are two very important ones to consider. Yeah, it strikes me that um, you know most disaster recovery scenarios tend to focus on sort of a, a short, sharp inflection of emergency, not the sort of long, stretched out, transformative experience that we're all undergoing. So that really is going to affect long term planning. Yeah, abs- absolutely. And this flexibility, I think, is key in multiple ways. In that, when we come back you know, when work restarts, which will happen in the next, you know, few weeks, we're also not going to know what the business environment we're going into. We're not going back to, you know, turning the switch back on and it's 100%. You know, we're going back into an economy which is going to be very different. There's going to be winners, there's going to be losers. Um, It's going to take a while for things to restart. And that uncertainty is going to make planning incredibly difficult. And having flexible options that let me delay decisions. So if you're into owning your infrastructure and deploying your infrastructure, but you're not sure where you're going to be in 12 months. You want to wait. Having flexibility, I think the big thing that I got out of talking here, Misha, was the flexibility. I can turn it on. I can turn it off. The ability to turn it off is equally attractive to me as it is to turn it on because I might need remote desktops now for 10,000 users, but in six months' time, it might be down to 5,000 because there's a certain number of people who do need to be in the office on a regular basis or things start to normalize in some sort of way. So not only do I need the ability to turn something on, up, I need also the ability to turn it down and off if that's if my business needs change. Completely agree. There's a big difference between, you know, um, keeping something sustained and always on and then having the means to be able to access things as you need them. And, and, mm. and to me, that's true agility. That's, yeah. that's the difference between you being able to do something today and tomorrow, whether it's planned or unforeseen. And I think that's so important. And yes. we're going through something that God knows how long it's going to be, weeks or months. Um, that we need to be prepared for. So I think that makes the difference between supporting your employees, your customers for today yeah. and tomorrow. And keep in mind that previous pandemics, we get over the first hump and then there's usually a resurgence, some two or tw- once or twice, quite often twice. So you could actually see a situation where we go into lockdown like we have now, we come back, the infection then gets back out of control and we go back into lockdown. That is what has happened previously, may not happen this time, but you might want to put that into your planning. And that is where flexibility really starts to count. Yep. So folks want to find out more, Misha, where will you send them? Yeah, sure. So come check us out at mp1.tech slash packet pushers. Learn more about us at megaport.com and feel free to drop me a message anytime at mcitrone at LinkedIn. Okay, we'll have all those links in the show notes. That's mp and then the number one dot tech slash packet pushers plus all the other links Misha mentioned. They'll be in the show notes. 
at packapushers.net. Thank you, Misha, for joining us. And thanks, Megaport, for being a sponsor. You can find this and many more fine, free technical podcasts along with our community blog. That's at packapushers.net. You can follow us on Twitter at packapushers. Find us on LinkedIn, like us on Facebook, and rate us on Apple Podcasts. And last but not least, remember that too much networking would never be enough. <laughs>